0: Hey, welcome to What's the Tea, the Translink podcast. My name is John Jang. Here's what we're doing on this episode.
1: Come to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard
0: of Oz. We hear, "He is the wizard of the a wizard of We're stepping inside SkyTrain control. So let's tap in to What's the Tea. The next station is Welcome to What's the Tea? The TransLink Podcast. Okay, here's something that always shocks out-of-town visitors. The SkyTrain is a fully automated driverless system. It's been that way since 1985 when the SkyTrain originally launched. I mean, just to put things into perspective, the internet wasn't even publicly available until 1993. And the world's first cell phone, which weighed a whopping two and a half pounds, had only just come out in 1983. It's alright, cuz I'm by the bell. Hello, Zach Morris's phone. So an entirely automated train moving thousands of people daily was a marvel then and still is today. But it still takes teams of trained professionals to make sure that the system is running as smoothly as possible every single day. The metaphorical brain of the SkyTrain system exists in the operations and maintenance center at BC Rapid Transit Company in Burnaby. Inside the room, known as SkyTrain control, dozens and dozens of monitors are constantly reading the latest information on how the system is running. Information is steadily flowing in each and every second, and the humans working this control room analyze and interpret that information to know what's exactly happening across the network. Inside that control room is where I met with Ron Wainwright, the manager for rail operations support at SkyTrain, to learn more about the important work that goes on behind these doors. Okay, Ron, so here we are inside what I would call like the brain of SkyTrain and the entire system. So how does this whole place work? I see a lot of monitors
1: going on. Right. Here. The room is basically divided into, I would say, three sections. There's an, an ATC, which stands for Automatic Train Control. Mm. As you know, our trains are run by com- or controlled by the computers. And we have a SCADA area where we control the power and propulsion. That's the electricity that feeds the power to our trains, makes them go. And then we have uh, an area over here called the communications workstation. It's probably the one that the public uh, have most interaction with. We make announcements from here during delays, rare delays that we have, but we make the announcements there. all the doors in our system are monitored, so if you go through a door, it causes an alarm, and they respond to that. Make sure the right person is going in that door. Right. Uh, and then we have over 2,000 cameras in the stations, and they can have access
0: to all of them spring up if somebody falls on an escalator or something like that. I see. You see, like that's the first thing you notice when you walk in here: so many monitors laid out. Now, some of them are for the systems you mentioned, but a lot of them are for the security cameras. They are. Well, the the mainline operators, the the ones that are running the
1: trains, there's two mainline operators, one run of oh, three actually. Actually one runs um, the Expo Line Waterfront to King George. Uh, another from uh, Clark to Heat and then down through Sapperton and Braid. And then the other person is responsible for operating the section that was introduced as the Evergreen Line, so from uh, Heat out to Lafarge. And then the storage facility that we have out uh, uh, near Lafarge. Um, so they, the mainline operators, the ATC operators, only get the platform cameras. Okay. And the cameras, there's one at each end of the platform looking in and they can see pretty well the whole camera, the whole platform on that camera. It's very useful because they quite often uh, see people have collapsed on the platform or, I see. or at times at night we get people sit on the platform edge with their legs hanging in and they don't activate the emergency stop system so
0: the operators are able to respond to that. In- and- the trains from coming into the area, just making sure you're on top of safety, which is of course like the number That's one thing that we're right. trying to work towards. Yes. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned ATC, which I know uh, stands for automatic train yeah. control, right. but yes. it also stands for air traffic control. This it reminds does. me of like one of the ATC towers. It is
1: similar. Yeah. It's very similar that way. And just like um, air traffic control, they have a lot of procedures that they have to follow to ensure safety. And
0: we're the same way. Our procedure man is very thick. So. Um, there's a lot of people working here on the floor right now. It's in the middle of the day. Like, yeah. is this usually how many people it requires we, for the system to run? We
1: carry the same number of people 24 hours a day. Um, each one has a, each workstation has to be attended during the day and during the night. As a matter of fact, during the night we're busier. Hmm. Uh, from about 12:30 until on about 4:30 in the morning, we. Passengers aren't on the system, um, but we are certainly busy because all the maintenance is done during the night. So we have uh, railway equipment, trucks that drive out on the tracks. We have sometimes over 100 people in the tracks doing work. So we have to make sure that they're protected from from trains and uh, that they're not electrocuted, and that's where the skater person would be taking the power down for that
0: sort of thing. In fact, in one of the cameras right now, I can see there are maintenance teams on the tracks. Yes. They're doing some kind of work. Now, <laughs> you don't need right. to divulge too much into the work they're doing, but clearly it also happens in the middle of the day, so you got to make sure, again, safety is the number it
1: one. It does, yes. Yeah. So uh, they are guideway technicians, and they're doing an inspection, and uh, a lot of inspection is easier to do at night, and be- uh, sorry, in the daytime, and it's better to do in the daytime, obviously, for optics. So uh, what they are doing is they're going in, and they're greasing the switch. You can, um, They are pouring um, a lubricant in between switches so that when the switch moves it has no problem, any, any moving part needs a lubricant. So the control operator will find out the location that they want to go in. They'll put an ATC protection in there so that no train can come through, or in the case of them being in a switch, they mm-hmm. use a, a different type of command for the switch, and that way a train could not go over the switch or another operator in the room could not try and move the switch while the people are standing in
0: there. So. There's the, the visuals I'm seeing of each SkyTrain Moving Cor- our tracks, and, yes. Yeah, and it's all laid out so you can see exactly how they're moving, which right. switch they're on. And yeah, they're color, yeah. color-coded. color The
1: yellow ones indicate that they're going the full length of the line, so from Waterfront to uh, King George. The blue ones are turning off and going up to Production Way and turning around there. So. Different colors mean different things. Um, during, uh, at the end of peak service, when we're going from 69 trains mm-hmm. down to about 45, there will be different colored ones indicating what station that train is gonna come out of service yeah. at. So it's
0: a good visual for the operators. Sorry, you mentioned that the communications department, the team here, uh, usually yes. the ones that the public will, will maybe... hear the announcements uh, ah, during a delay you.
1: will be the ones if they pick up an emergency telephone uh, on a, in a station or if they push the intercoms located by the doors, right. that will be the person here that responds.
0: Ron, obviously, you know, the original SkyTrain line opened up in the late 80s for Expo 86. Yes, yes. Uh, this system feels pretty modern to me. So what has that process been like to try and upgrade to make sure that technology is keeping up with what you need it to? Uh, the problem, too, is that technology goes so quickly that by the time
1: you get it in, it's almost getting <laughs> obsolete, right? So we're always looking for new technology. The, the TALA system that we have uh, for controlling the trains has been around since since day one for us. Um, we've been told, uh, we're part of an organization called Comet and we, we gather information from other systems around the world, learn from their mistakes, pass on stuff that we know that's good and and it's a good um, relationship. Uh, one of those things they've said is that Talis is an excellent provider and probably the best provider of automatic train control service. Some of the stations that monitor all the door alarms is uh, about five years old, so um, we, we went for a system that we could customize, uh, that, that was better for us because um, the, uh, now we get a, uh, a door alarm from a station. We can actually go onto the map and see which actual door it was, whereas some systems don't have that sort of technology. Um, and a lot of it is just upgrading um, systems that have been around for a long time. Our next one to come out is the, the system that uh, replaces, that makes all, that we use to make announcements to try I see. That's in the process of being replaced. That's going to uh, be replaced probably in January. Okay. Customers will probably notice a, a better quality type mm. of announcement, and they'll also uh, notice a, uh, a bit more different type of announcement because we also, as well as the operators making announcements, we will also be using um, text to talk and things like that as well, which yeah. will be coming along. So. And
0: just that's again for more like customer convenience and making sure that we're just trying to make sure that they get all the information. They get as necessary. much information yeah. as possible. Yeah. 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 So, so it really feels like you know when you're here um, you're just yeah communication has to be such a strong point like it in is. the middle of you and i talking up and observing just how the team is functioning and everyone has to really pull together a lot of communication is very important
1: especially with uh, safety related stuff because you find that over the years uh, safety incidents communication w- was a big thing lack of or lack of communication yeah. was a big thing so the operators know that operators uh, i mean they work as a group they're here 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three on, three off. So they become kind of like a family after a while. So they, get, you know, get to know each other well. So there's, there's no problems with communications. We are, this room, as you'll notice, is quite small. We're moving uh, across the street to a new uh, control center in a couple of years, twice as, twice as wide, twice as long. Mm-hmm. So that will accommodate uh, expansions that we're expecting, uh, not just to uh, uh, Langley and to Broadway, but also out to UBC and other further extensions up past 2050 that we're going to have the room to do right, that. Right, right. So. Yeah, just feature proofing and Yes, sense. that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. We, when we built it, we, we knew that uh, there would be no point in having a room that w- you did all this work on and to develop, and it's obsolete by the time you build it, right? So we've left room for
0: expansion. It's that race against time at all times. Always, always Yeah, yes, Because yeah. things are changing, things are growing, things that's are right. improving, so it's always trying to make sure you got a good handle on yes. it. But, yeah. uh, it's good to know, like this room has gone through many decades of servicing the public dutifully. So it's yes. still doing its job? It is, uh, yes, yes. Uh, the
1: operators find it a little bit cramped, but that will <laughs> disappear in two years' time. and Oak outbound zero-end GIMS, Royal Oak outbound zero-end. Okay, so the alarm that you heard her yelling out is a GIMS alarm. So at our stations, at the end of the platforms, there are posts, hmm. so if anybody walks off the platform and starts to walk down the tracks, we get an alarm at the communications desk communications operator acknowledges it and yells out to the mainline operator because the mainline operator is the person controlling the trains right so she announced to make sure that that mainline operator knew that mainline operator um, saw that there was a train approaching that area so he set the emergency brakes on the train just in case a person had gone out there I see I so now see. the communications operator might be able to hear behind is now making announcement to the train because it emergency brake so nice letting them know, the apology, the emergency brake. we're aware of it and that the trains can be moving. And that announcement so, is only to that one train? Just to said, that one train. If there were more trains involved, then it would be to more trains. Okay. Yeah. And uh,
0: and sorry, what is the GIM, it's an acronym? Gu- Guideway Intrusion
1: Monitoring System. Gotcha. So there are metal posts at the end of each platform edge. Uh, we used to have, end, we actually do still have end gates at, at uh, the platforms, but the wind would blow them open. So this now detects any motion. It has to break four beams uh, oh, okay. before before it'll set off. So. And you, you see she also brought the camera up to see the location, and actually we spotted that it. it was birds going through it at the time. Oh, okay,
0: so, so crisis, uh, crisis averted. Crisis averted, yeah. Right. So okay. we
1: still, even though we saw birds go through the camera, we still send an attendant to check there to make sure that that it wasn't something else, right? Does
0: Mother Nature do these things quite often?
1: Yes, okay. yes. Um, the Millennium Line has a different type of emergency stop system. We have the beams in the tracks. So we're coming towards October and November now. we got a lot of leaves falling mm. onto the tracks, which set, set those things off. So. Um, the the guideway staff get out at this time of the year in the night time and they go and clean out those tracks to cut down on the number of trips we get from that.
0: But of course, one cannot make assumptions, so each time this thing happens, Everything. it has to be taken seriously. That's right. We still always check it just in case it's
1: someone in trouble and someone else has come on and saying, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. Right, right. Right. So we still check it in. Anyway.
0: Now, as you heard, the control room is busy for a good reason. An automated system still requires that human touch to ensure that the service is safe for you, our customer. Now, when we come back, we'll sit down with Ron in the comfort of his own office to learn more about the secrets to running the Skytrain. You're listening to What's the T? The TransLink podcast. Every five years or so, a large scale travel survey known as the Regional Trip Diary is done in Metro Vancouver. These surveys provide snapshots of people's travel patterns that help improve the way we plan and move around the region. The next Trip Diary survey will take place this fall. By completing the survey, you can help us improve the way you move around Metro Vancouver. For more information, visit translink.ca slash Trip Diary 2023. Welcome back to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. My name's John Jang in conversation with Ron Wainwright, the manager for rail operations support at Skytrain. So, Ron, we just finished in the in the control room there with uh, with with Skytrain. Uh, busy, uh, yes. but it was fun to kind of be a part of that experience. Yes. Now we get a chance to be a bit more uh, in, in a quiet environment, right. which is nice. When you mentioned that you're moving to a brand-new OMC, a brand-new um, control center, it feels like a brand-new phone, and, and each phone has its own little new innovations. Yes. So... My idea of what a new innovation is like is like, if you're moving to a brand new control center, how does the system benefit? Like, what other changes are you going to see in the system if you're a customer, for example, and maybe you want to just take the SkyTrain I think efficiency and how we'll be able to handle um, uh, service delays will be improved in the new control room. Uh, Certainly, it's needed for expansion regardless. Since we're talking about delays and and, you know in the event that maybe it does happen, um, what is happening in the control room and how does it kind of trickle down where the train does eventually arrive but what needs to happen in order for that to kind of get to that point? Um,
1: it, it so much depends on the nature of the, the delay. There are, we get a lot of medical delays now since COVID. They seem to have, have gone up, um, which we have a, a person on a train who's having a seizure or something like that, and they can't be moved. So we're out of luck with that right away. We have to keep that train at that location and work around it. So immediately, the communications operators making well, first contacting the ambulance, get the ambulance there, and then making announcements to the trains, um, telling them that they're going to be held for a few minutes while well, we decide what the alternate service is, uh, um, there are some alternate services that we can do that will run, but the, com- the, the passengers would be completely confused as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. So we have to make it workable for the customer as well. So, so once that's done, we set that that thing up, and then we start letting the trains go single tracking. Is the big one where trains run on the same track on both on both directions, is usually what it, it reverts to, um, and uh, so. Communications will be making the announcements. Uh, we'll be sending out the information to the other stakeholders at, uh, at Translink. Customer information needs to know uh, TCOM if we need a bus bridge, that sort of thing too. So it's um, it's to, it's establishing part of the room is establishing the the site where the incident is mm-hmm. going on and ensuring that it's safe for the staff and any customers that might still be there. Uh, and the rest of it is working on getting the rest of the trains moving as, as quickly as possible.
0: And then STA's, they play
1: a role as well? They're yeah. usually the first ones to tell us of a medical emergency. We, it's uh, an intercom, and if, if someone tells us on the intercom there's a medical emergency, we still don't know the nature of it. Right? We can try and get some information, but by the time we get that, the STA's already been dispatched, is on the train, and giving us the real information that we need to know, that we need to tell the ambulance.
0: I'm glad you mentioned STAs, because I think, you know, in the big picture and how everything sort of operates and how it all works, they play a crucial role in the operations of all this. So, control room, we were in there. We saw how the team was working and the the kind of environment that they're working in. I kind of... Would describe it as the control room is the brains of the operation, and the stas are the eyes and ears. would you say that 's about right
1: yeah the stas are the, the the eyes and ears we rely on information from them on a situation. we can look on the cameras, but you can 't see everything that 's going on you know completely and and uh, if an attendant tells us that something is not safe then to, to do, then we will listen to them and, and follow that mm. you know they are they are the, are the face of SkyTrain to the customer as well. So, uh, And I think public doesn't really realize all the different things they do. It's not just uh, security is only a minor one of it, but information, for aid. Uh, they can operate the trains if we need to. Train fails, and quite often they drive them. They do a lot of troubleshooting on the trains. Um, as the system's running. So.
0: They're the first line of customer like infor- information, interaction, yes. and also the first line of safety, really. Yes, they are. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's a very crucial role. And one thing that we're trying to accomplish, maybe with uh, by people listening to this podcast, is you know how people, when they get off the bus, they'll say thank you to the bus driver? Yes. Let's try and get into motion. People saying thank you when they get off the SkyTrain. They would certainly be appreciated, yes. I think so. And yeah. so we'll, we're, we're just trying to get that movement started, if there's yes. any potential. If okay. you are just standing at a SkyTrain station, yes. um, what you see is different. From what the average customer see. the average customer is just going to see train, rail, stairs, tap right. in, tap out. Right. What are you seeing, and what are some of the changes that you could anticipate in the in the future?
1: Okay. Well, yeah. Looking at the platform, at uh, the into the tracks, the standard rail, like, like all trains have. Um, uh, in the middle of that, there's a wide metal rail that is called the, um, we call it the limb reaction rail, so our trains have linear induction motors and uh, they create a magnetic force that pushes against that rail either to propel the train or to slow the train down. But uh, that, is, that is what we use for propulsion. The linear induction motor has some wonderful benefits for us. Uh, first of all, uh, apart from the fan to keep it cool, there's no moving parts on it. Hmm. So failure rate is way lower and maintenance is a lot lower on it. Uh, the second thing is because um, unlike a car or a regular train, the wheels turn the vehicle and make it go On with a train system because it's a metal wheel on a metal rail. Um, it, it slips a lot so mm. they can only go up a certain amount of grade whereas a linear induction motor those wheels just run freely um, and so we can go up a steeper grade than m- most conventional rail systems is
0: that what makes the iconic sound when the sky changes the, the line phase
1: motors of yeah. them changing yeah okay. yeah and and because of that um, linear induction motor our, our trains are a bit going to call it sportier they've got a faster acceleration and deceleration than most railways do, you know, Canada Line's a great system, but you'll notice their trains accelerate out a lot
0: more slowly than ours do. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: just the difference in a, a linear induction motor.
0: I see, okay. And then, um, when you mention, like, the GIMS, you know, we are going to have to obviously move those, as you sort of mentioned. Yes. Why is that? Well, the, the new trains uh, the,
1: are five meters longer, so two and a half meters on each end of the platform will stick out. And if anything blocks those GIMS, um, that uh, they will send an alarm to the control room, saying that someone's gone out into the tracks. So we have to reposition them, so they're
0: not doing that continually. Yeah. And will the stations change themselves? I know that there is going to be work done on stations to to eventually be ha- be able to handle longer train cars when the Mark yes. Five. Yeah. Most arrive. of
1: the stations are having the gimb posts removed uh, or moved further further out. Um, there are a few uh, emergency exits, probably about five or six stations that have the
0: have the emergency exits moved a bit further away for access for the trains. And, um, you know, there, there's something, because I, mean, I need you to tell me what this is, but people keep mentioning PIES when it comes to how SkyTrain stations are working. What right. What is PIES? Because I just, I get hungry when I hear it, and I'm sure that's not the case. PIES is actually more than, it stands for platform intrusion emergency
1: stop. So it's the emergency stop system, so if something falls into the track or somebody falls into the track, it will emergency break a train mm. that's near the station, or if it's coming towards the station a distance away, it'll stop outside the station. It will, when the pies are activated, um, it will close the track. That ATC protection we talked about, the track will go red, and if a train is nearby, it'll emergency brake. Um, the pies are different depending on which line you ride on. If you ride on the Expo line, you'll notice when you look into the track, there are some red plates in there. Mm. And around the red plates there is cabling. And so if somebody falls into the track, Uh, that cable gets moved and it changes the resistance in the cable and sends off a signal to the to the emergency stop system to activate. On the Millennium Line you have uh, light beams that go the length of the track inside the station and if anything breaks that light beam then it sends a message to the emergency stop system to activate an emergency stop.
0: I know during the winter this system can be um, a little tricky because there's a lot of things that get onto the, the, the railway that honestly, it triggers the system, but we don 't want that happening all no the time. but in the, in the winter both of the, both the systems
1: uh, are affected by it Gims is affected by uh, snow falling if the snow gets the flakes get big enough and heavy enough, we start to get trips of of the gims system and uh, if we get enough, then we start getting the platforms attended and we tell the SDAs, they call us if you get a real GIMS alarm, and the SDAs know when they get a GIMS alarm because a horn goes off in the station. It's a different sounding horn when the pies go off, so they know the difference between the two. Um, the pie system is usually a buildup of, of snow, is our mm. problem uh, on both the Expo and the Millennium. Um, this time of year, though, uh, Millennium Line leaves can be a problem, so it's extra maintenance needed by
0: our staff to go out and clear the leaves out of those stations. Right, so, right, yeah. and again, safety, so you can't ignore, even when one, it happens once during the winter, you know, you gotta go and check it, make make sure yes. it's all clear. that's right, yeah.
1: Uh, some of the systems around the world uh, will rely on cameras to, if they get an intrusion, they will look on the camera and go, okay, I saw somebody go in, they've climbed out, it's obviously clear, we won't do that. And we'll accept a lo- uh, slightly longer delay mm. just to ensure that we didn't miss Nobody wants to say a track is clear and it's not. Right. I'll live with that. Right. On there.
0: What's your favorite thing about working at SkyTrain? Uh,
1: people. Great bunch of people. People in the control room. They, you know, everyone works together as a team. Uh, you know, I, just, I haven't worked in the control room for a while, mm-hmm. but I still see guideway technicians out there and who, who know me by name and you know will greet me and come over and chat to me and things like that. So, um, as as much as we've expanded, we're still a very tight knit group.
0: And what's one takeaway you wish listeners uh, would leave this conversation with, listening to what you've had to say about how the SkyTrain control room works, how the whole operations really comes down?
1: Uh, I guess the only thing is is that um, everyone really, you know, if we have a big delay, it's frustrating to the customer, but I can guarantee you that everyone in that room and everyone out on the line is doing their very best to, to get that situation resolved as quickly as possible. We would, much prefer it to be where there's nothing going on and the trains are all running normally, than having to deal with a, an emergency or, or a problem with a piece of uh, equipment mm. like that. So everyone is working to get it cleared up. We're very conscious of, you know, how delays affect people. It's you know a three-minute delay on a SkyTrain, you could miss your bus by three minutes, and if your bus runs every hour or half hour, then that we've affected you more than that, right?
0: Right, yeah. So just understanding in patients that we're all sort of in the same boat.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, just about all all the people that work in the control room are ex-Skytrain attendants, so they're Mm -hmm. used to dealing with understanding how failures on the system can affect the public.
0: People may not realize how good we actually have it here in Vancouver until you leave. And then you go somewhere, maybe it's for school or for work, whoever, uh, whatever it may be, and then you realize, Dang, I kind of miss that SkyTrain because it just performed. <laughs> yes,
1: and 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 I think a lot of the the uh, th- some of the criticism maybe of SkyTrain is when it has a delay, delays because we've got such lofty expectations of it. We expect it, in rush hour train's going to come every two minutes, and if it's three minutes and there's no train, we're going, well, oh, hmm. what's wrong with SkyTrain? Do you know? You know, we have a on-time performance is over 96%. So for, no- for North America and Europe, that's huge. In Asia, that's not so great because they, they go all out and they overstaff to make sure that sort of stuff doesn't happen. But uh, by European standards and North American standards, it's, it's ridiculous. New York's at 75% on-time wow.
0: performance. So. And people always talk about the the New York subway as like one of the more iconic yeah. systems. And, and yeah. maybe it's iconic for different reasons, but yeah. 75 to 96 is a big step A big off. step, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And yeah, and I remember working out as an SDA people would say, well, where's the train?" And I go, "It's coming, and you can hear it coming, and oh, it's late, it's thirty seconds late <laughs> you know, and, Oh, yeah things happen. It yeah. is late by
0: definition, yeah, but come yeah. on right I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: and we used to we used to measure delays anything more than two minutes, mm. and we went to other systems around the world when we joined this this comet group, and they uh, you know they were saying, well, two minutes that's a bit Tight. We don't usually measure that that closely, so we've gone up to three minutes, mm. so, okay. so that we can at least compare our statistics with them a bit better.
0: So. We are standing at the precipice of major growth and change for the SkyTrain system. Rail expansion, new maintenance facilities and control rooms, even brand new SkyTrains. All of it will require hard work, proper funding and support, and patience as these changes are implemented over time. But it's very clear that the future for SkyTrain is a bright one. My thanks to our friends at BC Rapid Transit Company for helping us with this interview, the incredible team working at SkyTrain Control, Ron Wainwright, and the entire team at SkyTrain for allowing us to visit. My thanks to producer Alan for technical and logistics support, and you, as always, for listening and subscribing. My name is John Jang, and until next time, have a safe trip. Uh, I wish we could, like, go somewhere. How? We don't drive. We're kids? What about taking me?
1: Oh, hey, bus. Hey! Thanks, but we don't have any money. Cause we're kids.
0: Oh, you haven't heard? Kids ride free! What? Kids 12 and under ride free on transit.